kiddos, and welcome to Dad Feelings, the podcast about fictional father figures. Joining me this week is my good friend, uh, Madeline Drake, and we are talking about a dad from a series that I hadn't watched since it first aired. And it had that, you know, that really memorable theme song, um, you know, uh, you're watching Frankie Muniz, you're watching Frankie Muniz, uh, you're watching Frankie Muniz, Malcolm in the Middle. Um, by uh, They Might Be Giants. It was weird that they wrote that song before the show existed, and then they were able to use it. Um, but it worked out well. And we are, of course, talking about Hal Wilkerson. Yeah, Hal. Oh, and thanks for having me on. Happy, yeah. um, uh, good, a good life is unfair to you. <laughs> um, you know, I saw They Might Be Giants uh, last year. I was so disappointed they didn't play it. Oh, my God. I can't believe they didn't play the Malcolm in the Middle theme song. Yeah. Did they play the other songs? Did they play the songs about the bird and the one about the uh, the particle man? Oh, you know they did. Oh, yes. I love those <laughs> ones. Love the hits. Love all of them. <laughs> so Hal is... Wow. Okay, so I have to say, first of all, that the first episode that I watched when I went back to the series last week was just like... I think I was maybe kind of stressed out and it did not help, um, which maybe I should have expected, (laughs) but it was just like, wow, this show is hard to watch sometimes because the kids are like constantly like just running around. Like it's, it's stressful as an adult watching children destroy things sometimes. Mm. Um, And it's also stressful watching Lois just like have to scream all the time. Yeah, no, it is pretty full on. Which, which episode was it? I think that was the roller skates one. And it was the scene oh. where, you know, um, Reese is uh, roller skating around the house. And she's like, Reese, what did you roll in? And like, just, you know, uh, Jane Kaczmarek. I, I don't know how to I, pronounce it. I should have looked it up. She's an amazing actress. Um, and she pulls this off so well. But it's like, so I guess if people haven't seen the show you should know that like that's the sort of whole premise is like it's a single camera sitcom it sort of pioneered i didn't realize that but it kind of pioneered like the single camera approach in modern sitcoms and um it's about this family they have um they have four sons initially and the the mom is sort of this very like she's the bad parent um and that was actually mentioned in the roller skates episode hal says like i'm the nice one the system can't work with two bad parents um <laughs> yeah it, it did dry. it really got to me when he wipes his shitty skate on the table that was like a breaking point for me yeah it, oh god they they are awful um so when the show first aired, when I initially watched it, I wasn't a kid, I, um, but I kind of, I don't know, I guess my entry was I, I most identified with Malcolm, not because I was smart, <laughs> but because I was awful and I just knew that I was better than everybody <laughs> with absolutely no evidence at Amazing. all. Amazing. Um, and I haven't watched it for quite a few years. I only recently come back to it. And I am, you know, life is different. I'm a parent now. And I I just totally identify with Hal as a parent. <laughs> um, I kind of want to be like Lois mm-hmm. and just be in control and fearless and in, con- you know, on top of everything. But I'm not. 
I'm a distracted mess. Um, I read an interview with Brian Cranston, and like for the initial scripts, Hal was not really a character. Hmm. He was just a dad who was not particularly engaged. Yeah. Uh, and Brian Cranston basically approached it as well. One, he would be the opposite to Lois in every way. But also, he's not sort of a, a bad parent in that he's dissing, you know, he's just can't engage with my family. He is just so distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talked about Stan Sitwell a couple episodes ago. Yes, yeah. And I love Stan and he's a great dad. He's kind and generous and caring. Um, Hal is also all those things... But unlike Stan, Hal has many, many failings as a human. <laughs> he's, like I say, he, he has his obsessions. He's cowardly. Um, and that just makes me love him so much more as a dad. Yeah, yeah, he's he's flawed. And, I mean, a lot of the episodes, you sort of curated this really great list of episodes for me. And I was realizing as I was watching them and reading up on them that a lot of the episodes, the sort of Hal storyline is that he becomes obsessed with something, whether it's building yeah. a robot or whether it's uh, doing this huge painting, this Pollock-esque kind of painting, or whether it's uh, renting a steamroller and crushing it's, things yes. with it. Which becomes a bizarre addiction. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes Dewey to stand in front of the steamroller with tears in his eyes for, for how to stop his madness. He doesn't sleep. He becomes a junkie mm-hmm. just for crushing things with a steamroller he's rented. The money from the steamroller came from a lottery ticket that um, he promised Dewey was going to go to his college fund. But no. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did not realize that. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, I think maybe the most famous... Hal episode, and it turns out that he was actually, Brian Cranston was nominated for a primetime Emmy for it, was the speedwalking episode. Oh, God, yeah. When he sort of becomes obsessed with um, with this. Oh, I don't uh, think I watched that one recently. I think it's, didn't put it on my list. Never mind. <laughs> he has uh, that kind of iconic helmet. Yes. Speedwalking helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, sort of like that's that's a pretty common arc is that he becomes obsessed with something and it just totally distracts him from his family. And he sort of seems like there's actually uh, this conversation between Lois and Francis, uh, their eldest son, in one of the episodes in season one, where um, so she goes to see Francis because he's his appendix is burst. Mm. And um, at home, Hal is just sort of slowly slipping into some kind of bizarre behavior like he's not sleeping he's just being casually destructive he's smoking he's wearing t-shirts instead of button-ups oh and, yeah um, he just falls into well he initially falls into a depression just because he misses her so much yeah and then he just starts to revert to behavior which it turns out as lois tells francis um was how he was when she met him he was like this reckless motorcycle riding fighting <laughs> smoking guy and she's like oh he's been quite a project um and like <laughs> It almost seems like he's not someone who sort of wanted the situation that he's in. And he's he's kind of a child. Like, he is almost, in a way, the family's fifth son. I mean, they get another yeah, son later on. Yeah, right? I do. But, I really wish we could know more about his bad boy past. They hint at it. <laughs> and it ta- and, but then it, it takes an obsession for him for, to pull him out of that, the building the robots, the building the robot that shoots bees. Mm-hmm. 
And that is a, a testament to Brian Cranston's acting that he wore bees, live bees. He actually did that? Yeah, no, that was him. Oh, yeah. my God. They were actually bees on him. He wore a bee suit. And like, obviously, I know he's gotten lots of plaudits for, for Breaking Bad, which I've got to confess, I only watched two episodes of it. It was a bit too intense. <laughs> um, but yeah, he really, he already proved his, his acting chops in Malcolm in the Middle. Um, one of the first times I really thought I, I fell in love with Brian Canson is he received an award, a British Comedy Award mm-hmm. uh, for, for Best Actor. And um, there was a video of him accepting his award and he's just talking about, you know, how important it is to him as an actor. And the camera slowly pans back and you see a mirror in the in the background. And then as it pulls back, you can realize he's not wearing anything below his waist. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's the moment I fell in love with Brian Canston. That's kind of amazing. Um, I I'm mean, also how much of the roller skating he did as well. Oh, right. Because that in, in that roller skates episode, that is sort of also in his, his backstory is like, um, Malcolm is like, you know, he's playing street hockey, but he doesn't know how to skate because, um, Hal won't let any of the kids skate until they've gone through his training program. And like, he asks Reese about it and Reese is like, I don't want to talk about it. It's terrifying. And like, it is the most intense, awful thing. Yeah. It's so bad. And, um, and Malcolm is like, hey dad i want to learn to skate and like the scene like the show doesn't often pull this kind of thing but when it does it's so great like the background just totally blackens and it's just (laughs) brian cranston like once we start on this path there's no stepping off of it and then like he just goes on this terrain and he's like all right we'll start tomorrow and uh it turns out (laughs) and it turns out that he was like a skate dancer like he was like a a roller rink kind of competition um good one as well an award-winning one yes yeah very very good um and malcolm's just like should i be impressed or horrified and like he just is like making him do all these things that seem ridiculous and sort of like this parody of like the martial arts movie of like you have to follow my way and mm. it seems unknowable to you but it will it'll benefit you and, and the end of the episode is like malcolm does good at street hockey by like doing the dance moves basically <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no. Uh, as as I was saying, he did all but two shots for the for the roller skating. That's scene. amazing. Yeah. Uh, we. Well, I've already mentioned um, baking, baking bread, baking bad, baking bread. Thank you. Bless baking you. bread is the name of the show. Baking bread. Ah, uh, yeah. The great I, British. I think that's what it's about. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the great bake off. Yeah, Ali. Like I say, I've not I've not watched that show, but. We have to talk. Have you seen the alternate ending to it? Is that the one where it turns out to just be a dream that Hal had? It's Hal's dream. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and they I also got um uh oh god, what's her name? Jane. Jane. Yeah. Jane Kasmeric, I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that's correct. Yeah. They even get her for it as well. So good. I, I watched it earlier today, and um, it's very sweet, but it's also a good reminder of how thirsty Hal is. <laughs> he is a very thirsty. I mean, there's a there is a very strong implication that of of uh, him wanting to have anal sex with her in that little clip. Mm-hmm. 
Right? I mean, you, you, you must notice how thirsty he is. Is Hal a cuck? <laughs> Let's just, I mean, we've been beating around the, the bush for too long. Okay. Is Hal a cuck? Let's get into this. No, I don't think he is. Okay. He's kind of like, he's a reverse cuck? <laughs> Does that make sense? No, um, you're going to have to explain. I, okay, my, my terminology is pretty bad, but my, my thought is um, Lois's and his relationship with Craig, who Lois works with. Oh. Lo- mm-hmm. Who is utterly in love with Lois mm-hmm. and just, yeah, completely dedicated to her. Um, and it's kind of this slightly weird relationship he has with Hal. They both know that the other one loves her, but Hal has absolutely no fear in this situation. Mm-hmm. He does not fear Craig in any way. So this, yeah, reverse cuck. <laughs> yeah, I guess Craig is the cuck. Yeah, I guess. If we have to I use that word, which we do, yeah. we're legally required to. <laughs> I think it is um, It is really sweet just how utterly dedicated he is to her. Like, he, they make it clear he has no eyes for any other woman ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there is one episode where he accidentally starts dating another woman. How? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the entire neighbourhood hates the uh the wilkerson's um and for one episode for whatever reason how kind of branches out on his own and starts going to sort of local neighborhood parties mm-hmm. and he starts hanging out with this woman who's recently separated and they have this really they have like a meet cute and they you know spend time and they really bond a little bit but how is completely oblivious to the fact that this is forming a relationship and she's interested in him. he is just having a nice time and partying and hanging out with friends it doesn't enter in his mind for a second to be remotely interested in another woman <laughs> and I, I i i worry about him sometimes because i know if in the likely event he was to leave lois lois would be fine she would move on she loves him but she would have a life if it was the other way round. I don't think he'd make it. Mm. He is so utterly dedicated to her. I watched an episode recently and um, he confesses that should she die first, he will commit suicide in a couple of days afterwards because he will not come. <laughs> I'm like, bless you. <laughs> <laughs> huh, yeah, but I mean, in that sense, like, I mean, it's an interesting question for me about the depictions of dads of this line between devotion and dependence because I remember there's an early Simpsons episode where Homer gets thrown out of the house and um, he's like trying to figure out what he can actually offer Marge and when he comes back Mm -hmm. he's like oh what I can offer you is my total and utter dependence and like I think that's a pretty common thing with this kind of like trope of dad of like um, I mean, mm. there are some who are like kind of like doofy, but then also like philandering or like lecherous, which is gross. But um, mm. but then, yeah, you do have this sort of line between like, so if you're going to commit suicide, and you're, like, at what point is that uh, like a 
kind of that, love and what point is that like you are sort of just so terrified and like dependent oh, and yeah i'm 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 trying to take it as a sweet thing but no, yeah 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 very rose tinted i like i'm worried about <laughs> <laughs> well i mean because like, he's, he's also say to someone that no not... no i mean but it's also like the show shows basically whenever lois leaves like everything falls apart yes like he is in, incapable of um raising his family um and like he he his interactions with with the kids are all um kind of very fleeting i guess um or sort of just like don't tell your mother kind of thing or like um and there's well, in, on occasion he will sell out his children if, <laughs> if he's going to be in trouble yes yeah um and then there is that one episode, I don't know if you remember it, where Lois imagines what um, what it would be like if she had daughters instead. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. <gasps> oh, my God. You need to see it. Okay. So, basically, it's like they're all trying to go to the mall to, like, buy clothes. And, like, naturally, none of the kids want to go. And Lois is just like, what would it be like if I had girls who liked shopping and stuff? And, like, it turns out that, like one of them is like super vicious and like one of them is like a slut and like they all they all like know how to like hurt her in ways that like none of the boys can and then Hal finally shows up in like the last 10 minutes of the episode and um he's just like super like he's just constantly stress eating he's like a wreck like he has <laughs> no idea how to deal with the situation like if normal Brian Cranston Hal is just like kind of goofy like uh, submissive dad like this is just like totally broken like oh god that sounds i don't know if i want to watch that episode <laughs> i will say i will there is like a little bit of a caveat on that episode which is that all of the characters are just played by girls except um when francis shows up uh francis is just played by what's his name in a wig so it's like mm. wonderful yeah cool <laughs> Has, you gotta have one they are legally yeah, required to have one <laughs> Um, but did you see the episode where, um, oh God. Yeah. So Lois goes, joins a book group, leaving Hal in charge. For oh me. yes. And it begins, his indecisiveness begins with angel on one shoulder, devil on the other. Mm-hmm. And it descends the voices in his head <laughs> multiply and multiply. So and it's they pull out quite a nice visual trick with little hundreds of mini house, <laughs> all different aspects. There's like there's a greaser one, like, <laughs> given, given the belt, um, and there's other ones imploring to you know just just be kind to your children and you know, have faith in them. And he's driven mad by the hundreds of voices in his mind. <laughs> it, it's pretty amazing. But yeah, as as a distracted, fairly oblivious parent, I really identify with that. <laughs> I like that episode too because it's one of the few where you get to see Lois sort of like cut loose, and like mm-hmm. she gets drunk and like tries to throw a brick through like some rich mom's window. <laughs> yeah, I do like the idea of the wine mom book club. Yeah, I, it's I, a I good good aesthetic it's powerful <laughs> powerful look um yeah what else about hell i mean he is like i feel like again this is sort of a trope of like this sort of 
bitchy mom and like the cowed dad, but like the show does it in a way that isn't as formulaic, I think, as a lot of sitcoms. No, um, I'd, I'd agree with that. Um, oh, another thing I really love, and I, de- well, I, I don't love it about it, but I identify with him, is kind of the sort of his crushing disappointment of the mundanities of life and his yeah. job and his failure of a career. <laughs> they, they never make it clear what he actually does, but he's basically a cubicle zero. Yeah. Um, and he's bad at his job and he just doesn't care about it. So did you see the episode where he becomes a patsy for company fraud? Oh, right. Yeah. Because so basically like his, his company goes, um, Enron and, um, and the FBI want him to, to testify against his company and he refuses and then his company falsely testifies against him. <laughs> yeah, and he becomes the patsy for hundreds of financial crimes and fraud and embezzlement. And he, uh, he has no evidence against this. And eventually, I think Malcolm figures out that all the evidence against him, improbably, every event happens on a Friday. <laughs> Which doesn't make any sense, <laughs> at least. But this is Hal's save saviour in that he has not been to work on a Friday for 15 years. Mm-hmm. He just blows it off. And not only does he just blow it off, he goes on cute little self-date adventures. He goes <laughs> theme parks and colonial towns. <laughs> and goes to SeaWorld and... Fed Shamu or one of the killer whales. Kiko 2, I think it was. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a little memory box of all these little adventures. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I do respect anybody who's uh, capable of just having a good time on their own. Mm-hmm. I think that's a useful life skill to be able to take yourself out on a date. Absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah. Can you imagine not going to work on a Friday for 15 years? Oh, my God. That sounds so good. <laughs> he's a true inspiration mm, absolutely true anti-capitalist inspiration oh and in his little memory box of his little friday adventures one is a newspaper clipping with the headline panic attack closes local haunted house <laughs> <laughs> and when pointed out he just responds the ghost was in my car <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's so good. I love him. He's, he's so he's a, good. He is a good dad. He's a bad dad, but he's... Um, he, he, and, you know, he does have his moments of genuinely good parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, oh, this is the roller skate episode where Malcolm swears. Mm-hmm. So he comes up with the punishment of um, doing the thing with the smoking... You know, when you catch a kid smoking and you're supposed to make them smoke a pack mm-hmm. um, to teach them a lesson. Um, that did not work on me at all. <laughs> um, but he uses this philosophy with swearing and he forces Mal- He writes out of the list of every swear word he can think of and forces Malcolm to tell him to. Mm-hmm. To teach him how words can hurt. <laughs> and But that's, you know, inventive parenting. And he generally tries his best to sort of mm-hmm. teach Malcolm a lesson but not just punish him yeah no it's good oh did you see 
him launch a revolution in the Lucky Ace supermarket. Oh, I do remember that. Um, that episode where he finds out that Craig is sort of um, mistreating all of the, the overnight employees. Yeah, he's basically a tyrant. <laughs> and he basically Lord leads a workers' revolution to um to the soundtrack of uh, Susudio by Phil Collins. Because <laughs> <laughs> they just want to listen to it all contemporary. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that maybe just about sums it up. Is there anything else that we I haven't think touched on? The sense of um the enigma that is Hal Wilkinson. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on. And um, do you want to tell people about where your Twitter is or anything else like that? Or, or... Uh, yeah, sure. If you, uh, I don't use it a lot. I've got to admit, but if you want to be my friend, I'm on Twitter as Maddie Mantis. Um, that's Maddie uh, with an IE. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't really have any right. product to plug. <laughs> awesome. Well, no, thank you so much. Uh, this is super fun, and it was a really great. Uh, excuse to revisit the show, which it turns out is like pretty good. Like um, I didn't really appreciate it, I think, for what it was at the time. But um, yeah, some good stuff, some good dad material, A+. Plus. Um, it's a good show. Go check it out. Go, it's on Netflix if you're in America. Yeah. And if you're not, well... Yeah, you can torrent it. Just torrent it, unlike me. <laughs> cool. Well, um, yeah, thanks again. And um, have, have a good one. And I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye, kiddos. Dad Feelings is hosted by Merrick Kay and produced and edited by me, Nick Bravo. Dad Feelings is a part of Stay Me, the world's only podcast network. We're entirely listener-supported. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron of Stay Me at dadfeelings.com support. Our theme music is Swell Content by Speedy Ortiz off their album Foil Deer. Thanks to Car Park Records and Sadie Dupuis for letting us use it. Please mention us on Twitter. We're at DadFeelings and at StayMeanCo. Or rate and review us in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>